0: Hi, my friends, and welcome to From Here to There. In this podcast, I'm going to be sharing about the lives of many people throughout history and people alive today that God has worked through in order to bring increase and influence of His kingdom here on earth. But in this first series, I'm really looking forward to sharing with you my story, how God was able to take me from powerless to powerful and from the nest to the nation's. I really believe that as you listen, God is going to give you keys to moving forward toward your God destiny. So let's get started with this week's message. Each of us has a particular calling or destiny. God has created us on purpose and for His purpose, and He sent Jesus to restore us to that place of knowing Him and knowing what He's called us to do and be. But what do our choices and decisions have to do with this calling? Well, my life drastically changed one day, and I'm going to share how a new calling dropped into my heart, and it was a calling to the nations. God has many ways, but He's leading us to a higher calling. If only we can learn to follow. I hope that as I share my story, you'll learn more about how God speaks to you and how you can respond and live up to His high purpose. Each of us are created by God on purpose and for His purpose, And while our first calling is to be with Him and to know Him, the more we know Him, the more we learn about who we are. I want to start with a scripture in Matthew 16, and let's look at verse 13. I'll read it. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, He asked His disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Jesus said to them, "'But who do you say that I am?' Simon Peter answered and said, "'You are the Christ, the Son of the living God.' Jesus answered and said, "'Blessed are you, Simon bar for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So, what I love about this passage is that we see that when Simon recognized who Jesus was, Jesus began to tell Simon who he was. And at this place, he changed his name from Simon to Peter. The word Peter meaning a small piece of rock in the Greek. And he began to reveal who Peter was created to be in order to build his church. The big rock is what the word means in the Greek. So some people can go through their whole life and never really know who they are. Most of us, when we get into our 30s or so, begin to ask ourselves these questions. Why am I here? What is the purpose of my life? And philosophers and religions have long been seeking these purposes for which we exist. But Jesus will define our purpose. God is our creator, and he created you with a purpose, and it's only in Christ that you're going to begin to find out what that high purpose is. You know, it's significant that Jesus mentions here Peter's calling, who Peter is, and also, I will build my church. And as we look through this today, I want you to realize that The church is the body of Christ, and your purpose is a part of his greater purpose, which he is expressing in the earth through his body, the church. Well, last week we talked about props in our lives and how, as we begin following Jesus, he helps us to remove our dependency on other things or other people, things that are not really secure. Jesus is our rock. And He wants to build our lives on Him because He's a solid foundation. In the scripture in Matthew, Jesus went on to say that what we bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and what we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And this means that we're not just dependent upon Him to organize and order our life, but we've also been given power not only to choose, but to make ways in our life for God's purpose to come forth. We will learn in our life as we follow Him that it always takes faith to step out into the new things God has for us. Isaiah says that His ways are higher, His plans are higher, but He does want to reveal them to us. Apostle Paul writes in Ephesians 3.20, and I love this, Now to Him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that's working in us. So we see that God has plans that are higher, and yet there is a power in us in order to work out those plans. The Amplified of that, Ephesians 3.20, says that we are able to carry out His purpose, God is able to carry out His purpose, and do super abundantly, far over and above, all that we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our highest prayers, our desires, our thoughts, our hopes, or our dreams. So I want to ask you today, what what are your dreams? Perhaps you have dreams from the past that you've laid down and given up on. Perhaps you have dreams and hopes today for what your future will look like. But I want you to know that according to this scripture, what you think you can do is far less than the potential that God has actually placed within you. Even scientists say that humans only use 10% of our capacity. And God has created us to do much greater things than our limited thinking can imagine. So I've found that this to be true in my life, and that's actually the focus for this podcast, what God can do in us when we are yielded to Him. If we only trust in what we know we can do, we will be limited. But thanks be to Jesus, He can break all your limits. So I shared in my previous podcast about that day in April 1992, when I woke up on a spring morning to the tragedy to find that my husband had gone to heaven at age 44 with a heart attack, an unexpected heart attack, leaving me and my five children here on our own. And this was a marking place in my life and in all my kids' life. It was a time when we had to shift into a new gear. Tragedies happen every day to many people. I'm not unique, but to each one of us who face a crisis, there's shock at first, and then a lot of pain as we learn to walk through the grief that we're experiencing in order to get free. I pray for you, if you have experienced a tragedy in your life, I pray that you have walked through the things that God needs you to walk through in order to get free. Because some people want to just close the door on that pain, and they stay locked in that place of bondage and that place of grief, and that's not the will of God for us. The day after this happened in my life, a couple of my friends took me out for a hike. We live in Colorado, and hiking in the mountains was a regular activity for us, and they wanted to get me out of the house and out in God's beautiful creation to help me get away from the stress of what was going on. While we were walking along, I remember something, and it's strange as I look back on it. It was I was walking and hiking, and something just suddenly dropped in my heart. And I can literally say it was like a cash register. It was like a ka-ching, and I was like, what is that? And I remember thinking, that is strange. It's almost like I'm supposed to be a missionary or something. Now, this was nothing I had ever thought of or even knew or cared about, the world or other people in the world. In fact, I was afraid to even fly. I was very limited in my risk-taking and adventure at that point in my life. And that day, that thought passed through my mind and dropped into my heart, but I didn't really pay much attention to it, as obviously I had many things to deal with during those days and weeks even following. But as I look back and I think about how I got to where I am now, that day, the seed of a dream of God dropped in my heart, and that dream seed has become my destiny. So I want to talk here a minute about Mark chapter 4, and this is the chapter where we call it the parable of the sower and the seed. And Jesus is teaching his disciples, and he talks about seed and the different kind of grounds in which they are planted. And he talks about the field being our heart and the seed being the word of God. So God wants to drop his word, his dream seeds into your heart, but the condition of the soil of your heart will affect how that seed grows. In this particular parable, Jesus talks about hard ground where the seed can't even be planted. And I pray that if you're listening to this podcast, you have a desire to grow and you're not a person that has a heart with hard ground where God's word will not be planted. But he also says there is rocky soil. And in the rocky soil, the plants will spring up quick, but they will soon wilt and fade because there's too much heat and not enough water. And so to me, those rocks in our heart represent things from our past, hard places in our heart. There have been barriers put up, and because of that, the Word of God can't grow. The good news is we all have those kind of hard places, but God is a farmer and he is able to dig up that soil of our heart and help us to remove those hard places. Thirdly, Jesus talked about the kind of soil that had weeds and thorns and they would choke out the word. And he explains to his disciples that these are cares and the distractions of the world. And so then he goes on to talk about the good ground where one seed can not only produce for one plant, but actually 30, 60, even a hundred times in that good soil. And so how the word of God can grow in our heart does have to do with things in our past, the rocks, or with current distractions and cares. And so it's our responsibility to take care of the field of our heart. And it's our responsibility to dig those things up that are stopping the word of God from growing. Jesus will help us do that, but we have to give him permission. But in Mark 4, verse 28, I love this, or let's read 26, Jesus closes his explanation to his disciples by saying, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day, and the seed will sprout and grow, and he himself does not know how. Verse 28, for the earth yields crops by itself. First the blade, then the head, and after that the full grain in the head. And when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. And so I love this. It says, The earth yields crops by itself. And I want you to know that the Word of God has power to produce in your life. Yes, you should tend your heart, you should remove the distractions, let God dig out the rocks, but the seed has power to grow. And it's as we spend time in God's presence and in His Word that the seeds are watered by the Spirit so that they can grow. When I look back, I can see now that God dropped that seed in my heart and it began to grow and develop just as I pursued my relationship with him. It wasn't really me who made it grow. I just stayed in his presence. And I had to stay in his presence at that time in my life. Honestly, I had nothing else to depend on. I've shared before how even friends can let you down. Nobody really understands how you feel, but Jesus does. And so I was clinging to him for my destiny. I am super thankful that I was involved in my local church and I had Christian friends to pray with me and even a pastor to guide me and help me to discover the things God was showing me. So just like seeds planted in a garden, praise God, it's almost spring here right now and we get to plant seeds and we get to see the fruit and the vegetables grow. But in that same way, there's a process of growing the dream seeds of God. And so I'll share a little bit about that today. You know, I wasn't really aware that God had planted that seed, but a new desire, new desires began to grow in my heart. I remember helping my pastor to identify the missionaries that we were supporting and at that time he was fairly new in leading our church and he said I need somebody to take care of missions and so I said I'll do it I want to do it see there was a growing desire in my heart to learn about what was going on in missions and so he reluctantly allowed me to do that first saying that I had too much going on but As a wise pastor, he said, Tony, I'll let you try it for a while and then let's see how it's going. And so I loved it and I continued to nurture that and grow it. I remember he let me start a prayer group just for missions where we would meet on Friday nights and we would pray for our missionaries and we would pray for the plan of God in the world. I was a musician at that time serving on our worship team, and we began to do music outreaches where we would go out in the community and sing about salvation and the greatness of God. And so there is much more I could say about process, but there is a process involved in growing the dreams of God. And our choices influence that call, but so do our relationships. I often wonder what would have happened. In my life, if I had not lost my husband at that time, would I have still received that calling? And as I think about that, I think of Romans 12, 1 and 2, where Paul wrote, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, and the Amplified adds their true spiritual worship verse two says, do not be conformed to the world, but do be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what the good and acceptable and perfect will of God is. And so the good will, the perfect will, the acceptable will of God, is there only one will of God for your life? Is there only one thing you're supposed to do? And if you don't do that, you've missed the mark. I can't believe that if I had remained married, I would have missed my life purpose. (laughs) God has many ways, and he often has to rewrite the plans he has for us based on circumstances and based on our choices and even the choices of others. Apostle Paul in Romans 12 says we present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. And so it's our choice to present our lives to him, to bring them into his presence and then not to conform ourselves to only what the world is saying or thinking, but to be transformed by his words so we can prove out the will of God. So I want to explain this in two ways. First of all, I remember a time when I was talking with my pastor and, you know, at the time I lost my husband, He was a rancher, and we had 25 cows registered, limousine cattle, that we were hoping to breed and get some land and move there and begin our own ranch that we owned, all of it, not just our cows. And so my husband left me with these cows, and these cows represented my future as I knew it at the time. And so I began to think and make my own plans and say, you know, Don taught me a lot about these cattle. I know what I'm supposed to do with them. I can get some help. Maybe I can lease some land and move them there. And I was thinking that this would be a good plan for me and my future. So I remember talking to Pastor Mark and saying that, expressing that. And he drew a diagram for me. And I hope to be able to express this in the podcast. He drew a mark and he said, this is you. And then he drew a line straight up, and at the top, he said, this is the mark of the high calling God has for you. And he says, Tony, you told me you had the nations in your heart. He said, does it seem like finding some land and leasing it and moving cattle there and starting a ranch is going to get you to that mark? (laughs) And so, of course... It doesn't take rocket scientists science for me to say, uh, not really. That would kind of be a side trip, a detour. And guys, God will take you on detours sometimes, but just following our own plan is usually not the way to get to the mark of the high calling. We have to give up sometimes our hopes, our dreams, and God is not a dream thief. No, he is a dream cultivator. He's a dream producer. So God isn't going to take your dreams and scatter them and dash them to the ground. God is going to take them and purify them and make them the dream he has for you, which is always going to be greater than what you had. And so the other way I want to describe this, Romans 12, First, present your body as a living sacrifice, your life, and don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So at one point in my life, I was thinking, is there just that one perfect will or is there like an acceptable will? and a lower quality goodwill, are these three different kinds of wills. <laughs> and of course, I don't think that that's how it goes. So, so this is how God showed it to me. It's like there's a mountain, and the top of the mountain is the mark of the high calling for your life. And so we are traveling around the mountain with the Lord. And you know if we aren't pursuing God, if we are just a, a nominal Christian, we're just going to stay going around the mountain at the bottom. And, you know, that's not unacceptable, but it does fall short of what God really has prepared for you. So if you're pursuing God and you're following God, you're going to go higher. And each time you go around the mountain, you're going to come to a fork in the road and you're going to be, do I stay where I am or do I go to the left and I take the higher road? And so each time you make a choice to go higher with God, you're going up the will of God, up the perfect will of God for your life. And so you go around again and you're going to come to another choice. And God is always going to let you stay where you're at if that's what you want to do. He is never going to overrule your will. So it's your choice to say, I want to go higher. And if you say, I want to go higher, Yes, I'll tell you what, sometimes you have to lay down some things. I told you, I live in Colorado. I've worked in Nepal. Unfortunately, I've not gotten to, you know, do any of those tremendous Mount Everest trekkings that people go to Nepal to do. But I know enough about hiking to know that as you go higher, it takes a lot more energy. It's more strenuous. And if you've got a super heavy backpack on, you're going to want to lighten your load if you're going higher. But the benefits of going higher is, wow, the view you can see forever. And so this is you and God and the journey for your life from here to there. You get to choose. Do you want to go up with God to a higher place or do you want to just maintain and stay where you're at? And I believe that God loves you so much that he's going to work in whatever level you give him. And so if you choose to maintain and just stay where you're at, God's going to be present and working in your life. But I encourage you guys to go higher with God, because I'm telling you, not only is it an adventure, not only can you see so much more, but your life becomes so much more purposeful. And so takeaways from today, God has a destiny for each of us, but we have to seek Him in order to find it. Number two, we have to take care of our heart so that the seeds of God can grow. And that means letting God remove rocks and ourselves focusing on him and not letting the world distract us. Number three, we make a decisive choice to offer our lives to him. That's what Romans 12 says, make a decisive dedication. And when you do that, whatever you give to God— He is going to multiply it and give it back to you. He's never going to steal your future. He's going to transform it into something higher and better and greater than you could have ever produced on your own. So that's number four. He will transform us and lead us higher and higher into his high calling for us. Your choices make a difference, but so do your relationships. And that's where I'm going to pick up next week. So let me pray for you. Father, I thank you so much that you have seeds of greatness that you've placed in each one of us. Lord, no matter what our past and no matter what we think of ourselves, I know that you have high thoughts of us. You said that your thoughts are higher and your plans are greater. And so I pray that you would open the eyes of our heart, Lord, that we can see and know the hope of your calling for us. I pray that we would know, like Paul prayed, the riches of the glory of your inheritance in us. Christ in us, the hope of glory. And Lord, you've put gifts and graces in all of my friends. You've created them for your purpose. So I pray that you'd help them to see and know what those gifts and graces are. And finally, Lord, I pray that we would know the exceeding greatness of your power toward us. Father, even when we are faithless, you remain faithful. And so I thank you that in this time of your moving, in this day of your visitation, that you bring God encounters into these people's lives, that they would have God dreams, that they would have God revelations as they pray to you and read your word. I pray that you would activate your kingdom purpose in each of my friends. In Jesus name. Amen. Thanks for listening today. I pray you were blessed and encouraged. One of my life scriptures is Hebrews 11.1 in the Jordan translation. It says, now faith is the turning of dreams into deeds. It is betting your life on unseen realities. In Jesus Christ, you have what it takes to step into all God has prepared for you. If this episode's blessed you, please share it with someone else. I look forward to meeting with you again next week.